The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Jammer joining us tonight or not? I know Jones is stuck somewhere. No. Jammer can't join. Oh, fuck. So it's just you and I? I, yeah. I and you. Everyone's favorite duo. Dynamic duo. <laughs> so here's the thing. Ready to do a thing? Yeah, let's do a thing. <laughs> I used a... Uh, do anything or something? Something. I was using a Jonesy and Jammer's catchphrases. We're like, here's the thing. And then uh, at the oh. beginning, Jonesy's always like, ready to do a thing? Should we do a thing? <laughs> Yeah, let's do a thing. I'll do it. All thing. right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the flagship premiere and international podcast of LRMonline.com and on the genre, genreverse podcast network. I almost forgot what we were called. Um, today, it's just the dynamic duo. If I left the opening in, just me and uh, my friend Danny. How are you Good doing, evening. Danny? Or wherever yeah, yes. you are, good morning, or possibly good night. I have no idea who's listening and where you are or when you are. Or, you know, also when you're listening to it. Probably won't be up until exactly. the evening, <laughs> even where I live. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be, of course, doing the news. And then we're going to have a quick discussion about the episodes of our two favorite shows, uh, Book of Boba Fett and uh, Peacemaker. And then finally we will... a quick discussion? Is it going to be quick? Uh, well, Are we're not sure doing half quick? a season this time, and we also need because we also need to do Scream Five. Oh yes, yes, yes. Or I meant Stab Eight or Stab or wh- whichever. So, which Scream we both had one. the pleasure Scream, of seeing. Scream Requel One, Requel One, Part Requel One, one. Re- Redux, whatever. <laughs> Redux. I love the Requel term, but we'll get to that. We're saving spoilers till the end for all you people who just want to hear our beautiful voices discuss this week's news so you ready for the news danny go ahead all right i actually have it in a sweet sweet order that should cause segues to be delightful piece of news number one we're starting in a galaxy far far away mary elizabeth winstead has been cast in ahsoka that's how it's pronounced right i've never watched any of the and we obviously that's all we know about the role um that's not like they're gonna come out and tell us who she is um, do you have enough, uh, ex- like animation slash comic knowledge to even make a guess I on fact, who she looks like? 
Comics, no, um, but I have actually just finally, uh, don't hate me Star Wars fans out there, but I've only just finished Rebels. And I was actually quite pleased that I just finished Rebels. When we get to talk about the latest episode of Boba Fett, um, there's some links there that are quite quite poignant, particularly when it comes to um, a certain character that is in this week's episode of Boba Fett. Um, there are a few characters that I'm familiar with from the cartoons that I think this young lady could well be, but there are quite a few. She, she does fit, based on the cartoons and the images, she does fit quite a few. And I think that means it's quite exciting because it is going to be very a lot of speculation right now. Um, I'm kind of hoping she's playing, shall we say, a bad guy and is actually a member of the Imperials. I'm kind of hoping that that's where they're going to lead with this. But there are a couple of other um, Mandalorians that she could fit the fit the bill with. So it's exciting. I think she's great. Um, the latest film I saw of hers was that one uh, that was on uh, Netflix. And just as I started speaking about it, it's completely gone out of my mind. Um, uh, Kate, is it Kate? Oh, yeah, I, I really yes, want to Kate. watch that. I yeah, forgot. Which is really, really good. I mean, it is another one of those um, uh, one character, whether it's male or female, going on a bit of a rampage. But this was particularly, particularly well done. Um, it had a great little story to it. She was basically slowly, spoiler alert, anybody out there, she was basically slowly dying throughout the film and she was on a race against time to find out in the who, trailer. what, when and why. Yeah. yeah. And, and she does great in it. She's... Uh, handles herself incredibly well she's a great actress for um as you can see through the film if you haven't watched it please watch it she does show great depth with the way that she handles the fact that she's dying so from the beginning of the film she's sprightly and got some issues but full of piss and vinegar and as this film goes on you could see that she starts to wane in both energy uh, and the way she handles the character with her facial expressions and her acting etc but she's got the action chops as well mm -hmm. really really fantastic and the way that the film is directed the action scenes clearly is her doing most of the stuff uh, and and that's a good sign um, which leads me to believe her role in Ahsoka is going to be more of a uh, physical one and not just uh, uh, for her acting should we say which means more likely uh, a Mandalorian character, perchance. But hey, I ramble. It could be many characters. I'm just happy to see her in the show. Yeah, it definitely could be a lot of characters. Uh, there's, I mean, just even in the movies, it's like Star Wars has like, is obsessed with uh, Burnett's. Whenever you see a woman, like think of like Rogue One, Princess Leia, like uh, Solo's girl, Kira. It's like, they're all almost the same <laughs> young, act, <laughs> like Burnett actress. Um, I love her. Um, she's actually my number one crush. I won't even go as far to say ever since uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She was a uh, remote sure, flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent role in that. Um, I loved her in birds of prey. I wish she got way more screen time in that. Uh, she was huntress. Yeah. And, but you can't say that movie had good action sequences. Cause I was watching like a stuntman reacts video and he's like, look, they're, the people are falling before they're hit and like, yeah, <laughs> and yeah I don't silly. remember that. But if, if it was a stuntman follows, I mean, I remember seeing one about our favorite, uh, everyone's favorite Star Wars film of the sequels, where they were talking about the throne room scene. Remember where the Imperial or well, not Imperial guards. I saw that one get torn were, down by the same yeah, guys. And, it was, and now when I do rewatch it and for the record, everybody, I do actually really like that film. But when I watch it now, it's almost there's a lot of baton twirling and, and yeah. saber swinging around without any real I'm going to 
fucking hate you with this thing. Shame that got pointed out to me because I really like that action scene. But once you see the video about it, you're like, oh man. You were probably like me when when we first saw that, and I I, I can't speak for you, but when we first saw that, I saw it on the big screen and I love the way it looked, the contrast of the colors, Mm -hmm. the reds and the blacks and stuff. So I guess the first time we watch it, we're looking at how how wonderful the whole thing looks from a framing point of view, the color palette point of view and all that cool stuff. Lightsaber and Star Wars. You start to picnic pick a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, she's, uh, she's whatever role she's got, I'm sure she's going to be fantastic. And I'm looking forward to, uh, the first season of Ahsoka. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, honestly, usually I'm not that excited for the Star Wars series until they get close. <laughs> but... I was just about to ask you, are you sure you're excited about this? You might see a character you've seen before, Nick, or a world <laughs> you've seen before. And we know you fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah that's true but i don't know we can talk no i'm starting to enjoy that in the mandalorian <laughs> universe especially with the last episode of the book of boba fett um yeah it's just i'm never like as i'm not crazed for it like marvel or like right now i'm like i fucking can't wait for moon night but i'm like whatever the next yeah. star wars show is i'll definitely watch it but i guess yeah. the kenobi's the one that i am most excited for you know it's also the one that could do the most damage to uh what is yeah, it's the one that's on the knife edge yeah. a little bit. It's it's got it's got a but but um um Ewan McGregor's involved, uh, yeah. and at the end of the day, I think he 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 greatly enjoyed um being Obi Wan, uh, and he was definitely I think everybody agree that he was the standout performer in the prequels. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not hard to find some. It's sorry, it is quite hard to find something good in the prequels, but he was definitely the standout person. You could tell he was one hundred percent invested in the the, the script as it was and sold it and of all the of all the characters having to say that dialogue he was the one that gave it the best shot so i guess by saying that it, for me it means that if he's involved and he was happy with the script etc then it's got it's got a better than you know above average chance of being good i don't think we need to worry as star wars fans i think it's going to be just okay i'm just worried when they announce stuff like possible like just rumors we've had of like casting young luke skywalker yeah, like it's like I don't want too but much. That, I don't want too much filled just, in. That could just be in the di- yeah, exactly. But that could just be in the distance. It could be one scene of a young Luke getting polishing his sand speeder. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, yeah, we don't, <laughs> I don't actually want to see Luke polishing his sand speeder, but you know what I mean. It could be just a distant shot of him on the on the moisture farm. We we don't know what that is, um, and, and you know. We can't really comment until we get to see it. I know the things we're nervous about, but uh, yeah. and we, when we talk about Boba Fett later, there's been things that we've been nervous about, and and they we've we've not had any reason to worry really. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, if it's Star Wars, I'm in from the very beginning. Anyway, I'm more of a Star Wars person than than uh, than you on the, the Marvel things, but uh, but yeah, if I'm it's live action it. Star Wars, I have no excuse not to watch it. It's just my thing. Like, even if it looks like crap or I hate it, as long as it's live, I just don't watch the animated stuff. I just, there's too much of it and I hate the style. So fans will hate me more than you for just, you just finished Rebels. I won't watch that stuff at all. It, it took a while to get through Clone Wars. Uh, I, I, I didn't like it when I first started watching it, um, but I persevered. And then I can't remember what season it starts to pick up from, but certainly get through season one and most of season two. And it's, it, it, it's worth it. And, I'm glad I did because it's made me appreciate everything that's come afterwards with as far as Ahsoka's concerned and Mandalorian and now Boba Fett and in the future when we go into Obi-Wan, it will add more context and texture and understanding mm-hmm. of these characters. 
Um, and that that's made me enjoy these shows a bit more because I've got that. Oh, I know what that is thing. Whereas a lot of people probably are like, well, what the fuck is that? And what is that? I've had to yeah, watch so. a lot of videos online to fill in yeah. some of the stuff. And I really think was when we get to it, this episode of Book of Boba Fett filled in something for me that I got in a short good. explanation of online, but they did a really good job of showing it. And I was like, oh, cool. Good. So good. more Star Wars news. On his Instagram, Anthony Daniels, who, of course, plays C-3PO and had another cameo as without a suit in a solo. Like he was on, is the planet called Kessel? That's why it's the Kessel run? Yeah, I think, yeah, on Correct. Kessel. Um, there's a picture he posted of himself wearing what looks like an older version of a mocap suit, not the stuff they currently wear. But And he even, people are like, oh, what's he doing it for? Is it Star Wars? And his comment is literally, suit that fits mocap hashtag mocap hashtag e-link studios hashtag c3po hashtag imc3po and hashtag star wars well it, it was the, it, it i actually remember finding that and, uh, and and posted it on our channel to see if what the conjecture speculation was it was the yeah it could be anything but it was the fact that he hashtagged uh, c3po now i know that's the role he's most famous for obviously and his instagram stuff is mostly him at at um at comic cons etc being c3po obviously out of out of suit um but the fact that he hashtagged that in that new that new or old mocap suit i think that leads me to believe it could be it could be some sort of it could be an advert you've got super bowl coming up soon right it could be a Star Wars uh, advert. I, I don't know um uh, it could be part of some other advertisement of promotional material it could be part of you never know it could be part of star wars their um uh, disney's star wars uh, worlds or rides or whatever they've got maybe there's a maybe disneyland paris is opening a star wars i don't know i didn't look into it deep enough for that but there's many things it could be but the fact that the hashtag free po leads me to believe it is star wars and not some other mocap work he's doing yeah because I mean, he's not known for the mocap, for doing mocap. He's, he's just Andy, known he's for not the Andy Circus, is he? He's not someone no. that is. Yeah, gotcha. He's known for the three PO walk, which usually is forced on him because of the way he can't bend his knees. So I'm sure he's <laughs> nail it without the suit. So I'm hoping it's. I doubt. I thought maybe video game, but it's like they don't need that much mocap for a video game. You can just easily animate three PO. So yeah. I'm hoping he will be popping up somewhere soon. Um, in one of the shows. Yeah. Because, yeah, he does the voice. Could be a Ahsoka. And your Um, things are all possible, too. In fact, the Super Bowl thing almost sounds most possible because uh, otherwise you think Kathleen Kennedy would kill him or hire Feige to kill him, borrow one of his his hitmen to be like, you're you're spoiled that you're going to be, that C-3PO's coming back. Yeah, he's going to be put in the naughty corner along with Tom Holland for spoiler and shit, right? Him and Mark yeah. Ruffalo are all gonna they're all gonna be all three of them in the naughty corner. You can't be trusted anymore, boys. Shut the fuck up. All with Jamie Foxx, who I was gonna mention we were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, because yeah, I get the same feeling from him in the early Spider-Man stuff where he was like himself in the ads and he looks so fucking excited to be in Spider-Man. And that reminds <laughs> me of uh Ian McGregor's excitement every time you see him talk about Kenobi. So yeah, yeah it's up in the air what what he's gonna be in, but I think it, it has to be something semi-important to hire him for more than just his voice. Yep. So something yep, sure. is pricey yeah. and it could be a new Star Wars ride or like, yeah, you just need a motion capture of him and you can even not necessarily, I mean, maybe that's why this suit looks so different is maybe it's designed to capture his movements for like, you know, like a robot recreation 
like they used to okay. have at yep. Star Tours. So yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that that's was... a good point. It could be that too. Yeah. Yeah, I never considered your options, so that's interesting. So continuing in the Star Wars world, EA officially announces three new Star Wars games from Respawn. Um, and again, we don't have a lot of details on it, but we do know we're getting a new game in the Star Wars Jedi series. So Fallen Order 2, probably, or just, you know, a different title. But, you know, the continuation of that story, which I know some of the ending parts, but I didn't make it past the second level. Not because I get bored, but I get distracted by video games I can play mindlessly, like Jurassic World Evolution 2 <laughs> or Civ 6. <laughs> Um, it was a great game as far as I made it. And I, again, I'm not stuck in it. I just got distracted. Did you? Oh, wait, you don't even Xbox these days. But you're now no, I hear you're being I tempted back into the world. I am a gamaholic. Uh, Jonesy keeps trying to drag me back in. And, <laughs> and it's, it's news like this that keeps trying to drag me back in as well. The only time I've dabbled recently, and I didn't get my own system again, but I used my nephew's uh, what PlayStation we on, 5, 7, whatever version we're on now. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. I was quite excited about that and did buy a copy of Squadrons, but I only bought the game. I didn't buy the system yeah. because that meant that I was only going to play it when I was at that house and that was limited time and I wasn't then <laughs> going to get dragged in. So I'm afraid I've got nothing to add this because I've not played those games. I, I, I've got, you know, I, I've got no input on whether they're good, bad or ugly or whether or not we should be excited about this. Um, only tidbit i have is that i have heard that a certain droid that is in the book of boba fett is from the games yes he's like your little buddy uh, and i've never seen that but there you go that's uh, they're doing a nice job of tying everything together now whether that means that what happens in the games is canon i don't think so though because you might be able to answer I think the game is canon type of droid well it was a type of droid but not necessarily that one like for example it could be an oh, it's R2, not the same one no but it doesn't mean it's r2d2 right it's so, a type of droid i think Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, in that case, then they may not well, they may well not be canon. So it's like how there was like baby BB-8, or no, not baby, like black BB-8 or whatever in a in. Was it where? I some scene inside an imperial base. There's like a, you know, like a. Oh, I don't remember that. Empire like color BB-8 in one of the. In the I think it's in Last Jedi, maybe. Oh right, okay. Oh, I I don't remember that, but okay. When they're sneaking around. He's like in a box or something to go along with Finn okay. and Poe or whoever's on the mission. And he like, he like, the other BB-8 almost as notices him. Yeah. I, okay. believe, I don't think that's a deleted scene because the deleted scene is an excellent. You've seen the Tom Hardy deleted scene in Last Jedi, haven't you? Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. A stormtrooper slapping yeah, not, another stormtrooper on the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, and like I'm Tom Hardy's like a southern eight. exit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to watch episode eight just to see a black uh, BB-8 unit, but uh, or BB unit, I should say. Um, but it's a it's a cool add-on. But yes, um, nothing to add on the games, I'm afraid, buddy. That's more um, yours, and sadly, Jonesy might have more to add. Well, I don't have a next-gen system, so I'm going to be left out of this too. But I, the other two they announced was a new first-person shooter. Um, you know, could be related. Could I really actually like the new Star Wars Battlefront two? So I wouldn't be surprised if it was another Battlefront game, even though they do have a history of first-person shooters um, going back all the way to like PC, early PC and like Doom style graphics. Okay. Like you could be like you could be a character like Han Solo or Boba Fett, Boba Fett, you know. One of the there's so many gunslingers in the universe. It could be more of a traditional first-person shooter with a linear story. It doesn't necessarily mean it's Battlefront. And okay. then a new strategy game, which excites me the most. Because some of my favorite Star Wars games have been strategy games. Um, but yeah, 
now that we're on to video games, I have another video game story. See, we're just segueing through all of this. I put them all in a nice order on the top of my page. That's what you've done. You've put them in a nice order. We, we didn't get the segue from one to the other, but obviously it depends what the, the other game you're going to talk about is. Again, it's probably actually, I've, got, I've got nothing to add. Just in the game world. So there's some speculation for us. Oh, right. The Rock says he's adapting a video game into a film. We're going to bring one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen. One that I've played for years. I'm really excited to bring it to fans around the world. What game oh, do you so like? Gonna, let's speculate gonna, so now. So he's going to be in a Doom movie, is he? He's going to make a Doom movie. <laughs> Maybe a reboot. <laughs> Are you still in it? <laughs> or a requel. Maybe it's a requel. Maybe he didn't die in that one. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I, I forgot he was I, in that. That was like back when he was just starting. <laughs> uh, and that was with our favorite uh, Judge Dredd character as well. Yeah, so yeah. And Bones. Yeah. Yeah. He's... he's uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, isn't you? Even as uh, we're talking about that uh, that Doom film that is out there that does exist, and he's um, done Rampage. He's done another video game yeah, movie that I didn't watch. Well, what other what other big ones are there? Really? That, I mean, we we got Uncharted, we've had Tomb Raider and stuff. But I'm so I mean, is he going to be in Grand Theft Auto? Ooh, <laughs> okay. So the first one I see, I'm looking at comments of what people are guessing. Someone says Call of Duty. That kind of sounds too generic. You can make any kind of. Yeah like war movie and just because the name call of duty's on it doesn't necessarily well i mean i guess the modern warfare at least especially the reboot well i mean it was like it wasn't actually a remake it was the last one they called that is like scream scream five where it's okay. it's like a redoing of the completely different story but the same characters in the same time period like not yeah. even a sequel it's not even a requel it's just a more like like a complete reboot those have pretty good stories, but yeah, the other but one that's are, they are war films, aren't they? I mean, that's not something we uh, war films. They are war based games. What about yeah. something more more on the lines of? Well, I suppose we just had one recently, but I was just thinking on um, uh, what's the Splinter Cell stuff, the Tom Clancy uh, games. Oh, that would Cell? be that yeah, Splinter Cell. What about one of those type of games? Would it be something like that? But we just had that one recently, though, didn't we? That was a Tom Clancy. Um... He doesn't look like, I don't know. Someone pointed out one that would fit his physique perfectly. That's the other one. Go on. God of War. Someone thought of that one. And I'm like, oh, my I'm God. It's a, it's a PlayStation franchise. He says he's he didn't say how many years he's been playing it. It's not like he's like, I've been playing it for decades. But it's he looks like he's he the bad guy's big. It's like, uh, I think I haven't played it either. I think it's like Norse mythology or something type of game. Okay, or like so you're yeah, killing... That was going to be my next question. What type of game is it or, or kind of? I believe it's a third person, like, like, like you don't have a gun, obviously, but you're like you have like big old like double swords and stuff like that. Okay. And I mostly know the covers, but just when someone pointing that out, it it's like, oh, that would be, you need. You, that has to be a game. The character is his physique. You know, you're not he's not yeah. going to. He's not, he can't be Sam Fisher, which I think his name is in Splinter Cell. He's too fucking big right. to be stealthy. But God yeah, of War, his, he's got okay. the body to play Kratos, I believe the character is. That, is that a big, is that a big game? I mean, is, is it a multi-million selling uh, yeah. unit game? It it's a big okay. franchise. There's at least three games in it across at least two PlayStations. It's probably a new one coming it, out on PlayStation is Five. It PlayStation only, or is it cross generation? On, on okay, all right. So it's okay. Cr- I mean, it's not cross platform, but it is cross generation. As in, like, it's okay. been on multiple. I think it goes all the way back to PS3. 
shit. So it's been around a while, um, but it, uh, but we're not sure if it's multi-platform as well. But it's been around. No, a I while don't think it is multi-platform. But so yeah, I mean, I don't really know. It could be almost. I mean, it has to be something that fits his physique, unless it's like Super Mario Brothers, where it's animated. Well, he could, just yeah, doing it, a voice, it could be but... Mario Kart, and he could be Bowser. <laughs> we already have a Bowser. Jack Black's playing Bowser in the Mario movie. Oh shit! Well, there you go. That can't be that then. He's obviously. <laughs> I don't know. And again, they no can have a whole that. unconnected Marvel. I mean, a Mario universe where they just oh, could be don't really give a shit about Mario. each other. Fuck's sake! I'm tapping out already. Bollocks. <laughs> but. Go on, then. How do we segue hey. from Multiverse Mario into the next new segment, Nick? What have we got there? How do we do it? This one doesn't really segue. I don't have a segue Damn between it. these two, but I, the rest of it I shall segue through. Um, so we have a story from Heat Vision uh, from The Hollywood Reporter that um, insiders tell them that their first cut that was shown of uh, the Batman was four hours long. And last week, I believe we were already, I was already complaining about three hours. I mean, you know, if, if the movie warrants it, it's great, but it's, it's, go, it's going to the theater bathroom thing, especially since oh, I go yeah, to the Alamo yeah, Draft yeah. House where they serve beer. <laughs> but how, so, you know, we Jammer, as, la, as he brought up last week, uh, have you seen the ultimate cut of uh, Batman v Superman? You've obviously, yes, obviously, yeah. yeah. And that has, it's so much better, even though it's longer, just because, bring stuff back that should have never been cut. And that's my only worry about going from a four hour version to a three hour version is that what did they have to lose? Is it something, hopefully it's nothing that causes other parts of the movie not to make sense. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not really concerned about that. Cause I think um, from my limited understanding of it, it could just be that was the first cut. Here's almost shit everything in it. Which is linked together, and then see what 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 scores well with the audience, which scenes or which type of scenes score yeah. well. And those scenes probably were were too long anyway. They were overextended shots of something and and sweeping yeah. movement. So okay, this scene worked well with the audience. So we'll keep that scene, but now we'll just trim it down to make yeah. it fit the narrative and fit in. So I'm not too concerned about that at all. I'm more than happy to have any length of film, whatever it is, as long as it is, uh, as long as it keeps me engaged and and committed and entertained to it. And I know that because uh, I was happy with Dune, I was happy with the length of the the June, the recent Dune film. But yeah. I know Jammer was fucking bored stiff. So obviously everybody's different about what engages them and what keeps them interested. Mm-hmm. So as, if it fits the story and it's not keeping, it's not making me bored. Then I'm okay with a long one. Well, fuck. I mean, even stick an intermission in it if you need to. Stick one of those. Wish they would do that. Been a while. Hateful um, Eight did. Yeah, uh, I remember one in Titanic. Um, it's yeah. probably happened since then, but I don't remember. Just do I don't that think I can think of was Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight had an intermission. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I didn't see that on the big screen. That was oh, a small screen they, for me. So, well, there you go. There's one. Um, the only other one I can think yeah. of since Titanic. Yeah, I think the only reason that nowadays that, that it might piss anybody off is this is the movie theater owners because they can only squeeze in so mm-hmm. many showings a day, right? As you'll know, better we than, used to better hate than me that. If it's a long like, film, yeah. you've got three, and if it's IMAX, then you've only got one screen showing the same film like three, three times, times a day. That's all you got. <laughs> That's all you get. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. It will stay there longer. But if another film is released within two or three weeks of that, that's also on IMAX, it creates a bit of a conundrum for both the movie house and the distributor, oh shit, we've got to take it off the screen now. And hardly anybody saw it because there was only three showings a day 
um, possible. So that's more your neck of the woods, though. But that would be a concern, right? Yeah. I mean, not that, that it will only be on IMAX. Obviously, it will be on a regular screen as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I have a version of IMAX at Alamo Draft House. It's like their own brand. It's not nearly as big, but it has Dolby Atmos with the speakers on the ceiling, you know, so okay. it's like super surround sound. Um, and yeah, I would, I mean, you you can only shave off so much time this way, but you could definitely lose up to 20 minutes just by tightening scenes, especially like yeah. it could be a complete um, work print where it's like, the, yeah, stuff that like the scene doesn't need to have that much dialogue and he can just easily yeah. chop it rather than losing a whole plot point. But that can only get you so short. Um, but I would totally, as much as I went in not wanting or not expecting to like Zack Snyder's Justice League, I would totally be fine with the closer to 345 or how like however long the trim scenes are, maybe more plot points on HBO Max or on home video, like the Reeves yeah. cut or just call it director's cut. I hate Zack Snyder had to put his name in front of it instead of just yeah. calling it director's cut. But that's me. Um, yeah. Did you watch the clip? From oh, well, the actual full scene. No, I didn't. And I purposely didn't watch that. I'm okay with the trailer, although sometimes trailers show a little bit too much. We will, we've all watched trailers where we've pretty much felt we've I've just seen the whole fucking film. I know exactly what's going to happen from start to finish. I haven't had that with the Batman trailers, but I didn't want to watch a whole scene. I actually felt like I wanted to just see that scene in the context of everything that went before it and after it. I just want to mention so, one part of it that's hopefully not too go much. Go ahead. I mean, you uh, he doesn't speak. He doesn't speak at all in the scene, but he acts the hell out of Bruce Wayne in that scene because he's like, you know, it's the scene from the which trailer where a car barrels in during a funeral and the guy has like okay. a bomb taped to his hand yeah. um, or a phone taped to his hand, and and it's just the minute the car comes through, he's he's watching this kid who's about his age when his parents died. And as right. soon as the car comes through, his first movement is to rescue the kid and almost like, you know, a reflection of his background yeah. where he, you could definitely yeah. tell just through his eyes without him saying a word that he sees a, his young self in this child. Cause I assume the child is also, he's really close. He's like on the altar. So I assume the child's also the one who lost his father. Yeah. Or whatever it could, the funeral it could be for. his, his, his uh his his should we say his batman persona coming out with the instant uh reaction yeah. to help and protect right um, yeah that's interesting who he chooses I mean, we don't know what version of yeah. bruce wayne he's going to be is he going to be a loose playboy arsehole or is he just going to be a slightly more laid-back businessman type thing we don't actually know what kind of bruce wayne he's going to be do we um, the Michael Keaton version or the or the version we saw with um with christopher nolan's i think he's uh, going to be a super loner based on okay. other stuff I've heard. Cause there's, a, there's also a 24 second scene that starts right before it, but for some reason it's not part of it. And he's being like questioned by a reporter, which is also in the trailer. Like, why don't you do more for the city or whatever? Like you could be, you can, you know, it's an ironic scene in the trailer. It's always yeah. because, and Alfred always says it too. He's like, you could help the city more by being a philan- by being Bruce Wayne. But like not Batman. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Spend your billions rather than, um, skulking around at night dressed up in a bat suit yeah especially since at least the way the nolan movies pointed out and the comics pointed out is most of the supervillains are a reaction to batman not they wouldn't have they would have been wouldn't have necessarily have as many same with the avengers uh just being there invites challenge as vision says yeah yeah like if they weren't there they wouldn't i mean thanos was still done his thing but there wouldn't have been ultron yeah. like things could have gone differently with loki and his brother i mean and you know 
Loki and Thor, yeah. you know, who knows. But now we segue to another DC story. Go on. James Gunn. This is the title from Deadline. James Gunn eyeing second Suicide Squad uh, spinoff series for HBO Max and says Peacemaker has a really good chance for season two. Um, so let's see. Uh, his exact quote is, we're working on something else now. Another TV show that's connected to the universe, Gunn told us, which is a, this, they've confirmed is a Suicide Squad universe, not like he's not going out and like doing a, any other character. So what, a, a different character from Suicide Squad? Yeah. Or you're talking about season two of Peacemaker? I would watch Vigilante TV show. <laughs> no, you need them together. I don't think Vigilante would work without John Cena. But uh, and he says I can't quite say. So well, who, who even survives that, that movie? That would be then. I would. I was going to say Polka Dot Man would be one I'd, I'd want, but he's very, very dead. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm not sure. I think that could be a one-off episode kind of thing. I'm not sure a whole show based on him. I mean, Harley Quinn's been done. I'm not sure Margot Robbie. I, I don't want a Harley Quinn show, even though I do like. What Margot Robbie's done with the character the lately. I mean, it doesn't, who, it doesn't have to be a sequel. It could be a prequel. It could be one of those. That's true. It could be an origin story. Of At one first, of those I thought characters. Peacemaker would be a prequel because he looks pretty dead in the movie. But I mean, one of his favorite characters and one of most people's favorite characters is Ratcatcher. And okay. her best friend seems to be King Shark. How about the t- a team up show with since they had a special the connection? Shark, rat, rat yeah. The shark show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, I think with if James Gunn is involved, especially if he's behind the camera and involved in writing it, I, I'm 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 in. You know, I've pretty much mm-hmm. loved everything he's done so far. So if even if it sounds really obscure and it is fucking Rat Boy and Shark Show or whatever it's called with those characters, <laughs> you know, anybody else anybody else coming up with that, you'd be thinking, yeah, that sounds really fucking stupid. But if it's James Gunn involved in it after everything he's done and the great job he's done with Peacemaker. I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, whatever. If he thinks it's good, it's going to be good. There you go. Can't wait to hear the soundtrack. You know how it could be, especially since, you know, he loves Nathan Fillion, who played TDK, the detachable kid or whatever. And he's confirmed. He's not confirmed it. He said, said, though, that like people are like, oh, he's dead. And he's like, we don't necessarily know if he's dead or not. Like he didn't say that about (laughs) Captain Boomerang or anyone else. He's like, oh, we don't know that. He's giving me a prequel show. TDK. Yeah. Because he loves Philly and like I think almost every movie he's worked with him, he had to cut a cameo of him from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. He was playing, I can't remember the character's name before, Kevin Williams. He he, he played Wonder Man and Wonder Man started as an actor. So there was a movie theater that had a bunch of posters for like multiple of his movies, kind of like the posters you see in Scott Pilgrim of all the different uh, Chris Evans, whoever he's playing the boyfriend movies. Yeah, gotcha. My other thought is one of the main survivors who is my one of my favorite characters is uh Bloodsport, Idris Elba's character. It's just it's, uh, well, I was they, actually trying to remember if he survived or not, but he did survive. Yeah, yeah. I, in I, fact, uh, he shot uh, he shot his bullet through John Cena's bullet, which is what. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I remember now. Yeah, that's it. Because they were talk- there was a conversation about whether or not that was possible or not, wasn't it, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot that his character survived. Absolutely, I, I would be, I would be very much down for that because the way James Gunn would, would, could, did write Bloodsport's script and dialogue, I, I thought that was pretty damn good. In the same way that it's managed to, he's managed to give Peacemaker lots more character and depth 
but keep the humorous side of it. Mm-hmm. John Cena's great work as Peacemaker. Obviously, Idris Elba can do the same great job again. So that would definitely keep me captivated for a five or six episode uh, and I th- run. I think that's the least likely one, honestly, knowing Gunn, just because I don't, I don't think that is a more straight character. And it is the more obvious choice, right? It is the hero choice, yeah. the main guy, and whether or not, yeah, for sure. But I'd be, so I'm gonna I'd be happy say, with that. I'm going to say TDK or... I literally, at first, I only thought Ratcatcher, but I literally think they would team up King Shark with Ratcatcher, and I would enjoy that very much. Yeah, well, maybe it'll be the remaining ones that did survive that aren't working for uh, for the for the company, whatever the company's called. Yeah. And as far as Peakmaker season two, he says there's a very good chance of that. We're the biggest show in the world right now. He continued, which is true. Uh, I don't know no, how they not. calculate it all because not everyone gives out numbers, but. It is the There's most no watched show in the world. That's bigger than fucking the Book of Boba Fett. No way. I think it is. I still Get think fuck D- out of it. Disney Plus is like. I mean, a lot, I think a lot more people have HBO than Disney Plus, just because people had HBO before it was HBO Max. Are you are you being American again? Are you like because everyone's got it where you live? Oh, that that I just remember. The only fucking thing in the world. I, I remember I, growing I don't know up. Anybody that's got fucking HBO Max in the rest of the world, but oh, most people have got Disney Plus. That's true, but and I, your uh, Twitter feed, how much is Peacemaker compared to how much is Boba? Oh, Fett? I see way more just based on how mine's curated. Probably, I see way more Peacemaker talk, and it's uh, it's not well, from. I, I don't follow a lot of DC people. It's like people like Patton Oswald being like, "Holy oh, fuck, okay, man!" Like Kevin Smith well, and people like that. Pro- prove me wrong. Find some statistics. This is where we need a jammer with his with his statisticianship. But I, there's no way that Peacemaker is bigger than Boba Fett at the moment. We'll see. It's got it's got it's got an audience rating to it too, right? It's not a kids show. At least both. I mean, both no, of family like, friendly, for want of a better word. Deadpool is one of the biggest, like, huge movie, and it was rated R. Yeah, um, but we're talking. You said it was the biggest show in the world right currently. now. Hence yeah. Title. Yeah. I could see more people watching it. I don't know. Again, we don't even know how they should. get these statistics. Um, yeah, we got someone out there in the in the uh, radio universe thingy whatever we're whatever medium you're listening to us on someone give us the the answer to this maybe go onto the discord channel is peacemaker bigger than boba fett right now i would love it to be i don't think it is but i think more people should see peacemaker that's for sure oh yeah and this another amazing segue i'm just crushing the segues james (laughs) gun now we're moving on to james gunn talking about guardians of the galaxy volume three well, there must have been, you missed an opportunity there. There must be a pun there about two guns or double guns or something like that. Oh, you missed that. Not that good. Double barrel. Double barrel gun. guns now. That, that's what you needed to do. I just oh. went on topic. I didn't have a clever. <laughs> <laughs> Lock, stock, and Baby two, smoking, bear, two smoking guns. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, his quotes about Garn, who was he talking to initially on uh, Deadline's Hero Nation podcast? He said, this is the end for us. The last time people will see this team of Guardians, which he's kind yeah. of hinted at before. I mean, obviously, they're doing it the Christmas special first, so which is sounds like an hour. But they've said is necessary viewing, but nothing on Disney Plus has been super necessary so far. Just adds to the world because um, yeah. that movie even has some of the same locations as I mean, the Christmas specials, some of the same locations, even as the movie, not just like their ship. But like gotcha. planets and stuff, and um, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think this was news really. I think we all knew that it was going to be the last one, obviously, and I think we we're we're, um, we're fully prepared 
for possibly losing one or two of our, our beloved uh, guardians. Um, with this particular quote, I believe he mentioned it being darker. Which yes, that was a part of the use of the dark word, you know, more grounded and all that. They all seem to be buzzwords right now. Grounded, more darker, gritty, all that shit. I, but I if think it is darker, then you can assume that we are going to lose one or two possibly mm-hmm. of our guardians. And we've already speculated, I believe, on who that could be, uh, uh, Drax being one of them, etc. So... Yeah, I don't think this is news much, but it does keep us enticed. It does keep us interested yes. and, and excited for it. The dark part was the more interesting part of the quote yeah. because, yeah, I think that means he's bringing his suicide squad idea of losing characters. <laughs> yeah. Like, will Peter Quill so sacrifice his life the- for Gamora or will Rocket actually exactly. die and, you know, Drax yeah. gets killed or, you know, any of that would be like, whoa. And that could be the catalyst for the show, right? That could happen in the first action sequence at the beginning. That could be what le- leads them on. It could be rather than being the, the climax to the to uh, episode three, part three, it could well be the thing that drives them forward. It could be right in the opening act or certainly in the opening third. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not really news, but it does remind me that that is coming and it's not too far away. The way time is working at the moment in this particular uh, multiverse planet that we're on. Fuck, I mean, it, Batman was delayed for like, what, three years? And now it's out in uh, six weeks time or something. Yeah, it is out soon. Good Lord, because yeah. it's almost February. Yeah, it's February in a couple of days. It's early March, I think it comes out. March 3rd even? Yeah. Dang. Ooh. Ah, my, my mic. Sorry, guys. So that leads us. We're still talking Marvel, folks. And we're also talking Dark Marvel. Because we are talking Moon Knight. Ethan Hunt. Not Ethan. <laughs> I said that last week, too. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. This is why Mission um, Impossible has been delayed, is it? Because Ethan Hunt is helping Moon Knight. Ethan Hunt. Impossible mission. Who we discussed has a crazy haircut or wig last, last week. Has revealed some details about his villain. Um and what's interesting is he based it on the psychiatrist Carl Jung and the infamous cult leader David Koresh, which just, you know, is so part psychiatrist and also part cult leader, which are two things that go together. Yeah, well, I think because you can manipulate what I people. I enjoyed about this because I, th- I believe um, uh, uh, Mr. Ethan Hawke, not Mr. Ethan Hunt, I believe that he was. <laughs> Part of the quote was that he was kind of not tired of, but did not want this to be the generic villain, right? He wanted it to be someone that had that part next. that we could kind of relate to. And those two people that you mentioned there are, are a great mix because to be a cult leader, to have that many followers do mm-hmm. crazy fucking shit, you have got to be one charismatic person. And, Who knows psychiatrist uh, enough about and then, that yeah, to control that people. Charisma along with the knowledge of, of the the human psyche and how to adapt uh, sort of adapt but mold and uh con people or in all senses of the word or um, manipulate people is probably better in this sense is is very very clever because that means that you're going to get a lot of people following and you, you and i could sit and watch the movie oh he's got a point we probably could do that that's not a bad idea kind of thing so mm-hmm. that means that this again this just adds value um this adds um more uh can't find the right word now but it makes me want to see this show more because mm-hmm. we've got a new kind of hero that we talked about last week that is this new dark no one's seen him before it's not one of the known 
Avengers, so to speak, another one of the known Marvel characters. And now we've got potentially a bad guy with some real depth and, and interest and gravitas, right? And so that just makes this show more and more, um, I'm more and more excited for this show because of it. It's, it's making me happy, very happy. And actually the psychiatrist part is especially interesting because as we know from the trailer, Moon Knight has different personalities and is kind of crazy. So that mm. could be how they meet even. And maybe sure, he, it could be his like a, a certain right? other psychiatrist be... we saw in a movie we didn't enjoy was manipulating the main character. So the film we shall not talk about yes. ever again. But going back to your uh, here's the quote. I want to say the quote that to where he talks about he doesn't want to just be, you know, some generic villain. Your gut leads you. He explained the uber rich villain mastermind isn't interesting to me. I love the ones who believe that they're a good person and that's why they have to kill you. That I find really terrifying. And as you yeah. learn in film school or even any kind of storytelling, well, of course, obviously, the hero's only as good as his villain, which is why any movie with Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin suddenly kicks it up a notch, even though he's, he, he is the kind of villain that, he's expl- that Ethan Hawke doesn't want to play. But <laughs> yeah. the other thing you learn is that, yeah, every, every, the best villains, supposed to be every villain, believes they're the hero of their own story. Like they're not yep. just doing something to be evil or doing it to be like, hey, like like Killmonger's a great example. Zemo's a great example where it's like, hey, I'm just I don't like super soldiers or I think that we need to use Wakanda's resources to get back at the colonizers, you know, something extreme, but relatable. Yep. Yeah. 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 I gotcha. Um, yeah. I, well, I, uh, you mentioned Killmonger there. I, I was never. Uh, as sold on him as a villain as it seemed like every other person on the planet was but i i do understand where you're coming from i don't think i him as a villain was a bit frustrating for me but uh, i could see why um it, it is possibly some people's favorite bad guy so to speak but i wasn't that impressed when i keep hearing the news of him being coming back for black panther 2 i'm like really do we have to, really again okay i'll watch and it. honestly i, I think about it. the uh his what if episode actually took away from the character. Like, even though he was always playing people the whole time, it just wasn't as convincing as his actions gotcha. in the movie. I know it's not canon. Uh, it's canon, but it's different universe. But it just, that just wasn't there. nearly as interesting. Don't go there. Don't mention the M word. Speaking of multiverse and Marvel villains, okay. <laughs> remember, you know, how like, you know, they made Electro look cooler and we were all hoping they'd change the lizard. Because the lizard looks like uh, Killer Croc, not the lizard from the comics, <laughs> yeah. but the long snout. I remember <laughs> when there was the first footage for The Amazing Spider-Man at Comic-Con, but you couldn't watch it online. People were sharing pictures of the lizard, the classic lizard with the big snout. And the long snout, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. They were showing pictures of uh, Killer Croc and saying it looks more like this. Um, oh, right. Okay. I don't remember that. He doesn't have that. And we talked about how they changed Jamie Foxx and they uh, almost did uh, change the lizard to make him more like the comics. Um, speaking to befores and afters, Spider-Man No Way Home visual effects supervisor Chris Wagner, Wagner it's just spelled weird, detailed the design process. Um, the lizard, Dr. Kirk Connors from the Amazing Spider-Man movie had a very specific design to him, unlike all the some comic book adaptations. For this movie, we started exploring some new physical changes, but and our filmmakers kept him quite similar to the previous designs, incorporating just a few subtle changes. So they thought about fixing his look, like fixing Electro's look, but 
I guess he was, he's barely in that movie. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I was just going to say, we're based on how much screen time he had. It was probably a decision that was made on spending that kind of money for a character that's going to be minimal screen time. Money was better spent somewhere else or more time and effort, not yeah. necessarily the money, yeah. but the time and effort involved in, excuse me, in doing the CGI was probably, yeah, it's not like he had such a huge role that it was going to be a big, uh, a big issue. Final story relates to Spider-Man also in a way, because he's a previous director of Spider-Man. Sam Raimi talked a little bit about, I had an interview with Variety and he praised Spider-Man, you know, Toby and the others, you know, and especially Doc Ock. And uh, I mean, Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. Um, But then they asked him about Multiverse of Madness. So also tying into the multiverse, like I said, um, they asked him whether whether the movie was complete. I wish I knew the answer to that question, Ramey said. I think we're done, but we just cut everything. We're just starting to test the picture and we'll find out if there's something that's got to go be picked up. If, some, if something's unclear or an, another improvement I can make in this sort of amount and time left, I'll do it. One thing I know is that Marvel team is they won't stop. They'll keep pushing until it's as close to being great as it could so i kind of love that response i mean most people do reshoots and stuff but i think they're even doing reshoots now but he's saying i almost i find the interesting part of the article about marvel being like the one they'll be like no no go get more stuff like don't we don't stop until it's perfect because it has a fairly soon release date yeah, I was uh, as you were as you were reading through the uh, the the quote there, I, I couldn't help but think, well, that just means that he's not sure what reshoots are going to be needed to be done yet because he hasn't seen a final cut of the film. But uh, how how would I also get the feeling that like Marvel, like you say, they keep pushing, they want it to be as good as it possibly can be, and we all have opinions about which one's our favorite film. But generally speaking, even our least favorite films are fucking good films. They're just not mm-hmm. as good as some of the other ones that we like, right? But with all the stuff that's going on with the multiverses and stuff, they, they probably, I get the feeling that maybe they film alternate scenes and alternate segments just in case a future show, whether it's a Disney show or a future film, decides to go off on a bit of a tangent. And then they've got this extra, oh, we can insert this scene that has, for example, Dr. Banner in it. Um, and then we won't, we'll shoot a scene without him just in case it comes up in She-Hulk or some shit like that, right? I've got, I've got the feeling that there's so many people juggling so much stuff with their storylines that they just shoot a shit ton of stuff just to cover all their bases, to give them something to pick from in the future. But ultimately, I think it's just reshoot stuff and he doesn't, he's not sure how much Marvel want him to reshoot as well as he wants to reshoot because this is his first film with this particular Marvel studio, right? This particular iteration of it. Well, so. Kevin Feige was one of his producers, but he was a very, very low down producer of Spider-Man back then. Amy Pascal okay. was like the head. Um, now yeah. that's all the news people. We're going to, Oh, now we got a movie and two episodes of TV shows to talk about. We'll start with book of bubble fat. Boba Fett, because uh, Boba. Danny seems the most... I mean, I know Danny loves Peacemaker, too, but we've already kind of alluded to some of our favorite parts of the new episode called Return of the Mandalorian. Spoilers. Spoilers this point on if you don't want to hear about Mando or Peacemaker or Scream 5, Scream, Stab 8. Uh, you can leave now. You know, goodbye. But uh, <laughs> we will be spoiling the stuff, so please... If you don't, you can listen to spoilers if you don't care. 
or, well, if, we're but, gonna, if we're going to talk, which, which one are we going to talk about first? Book of Boba Fett, right? Yeah, we'll do Book of Boba Fett. So you Return... could always, if you don't want to know spoilers about Book of Boba Fett, skip forward you know, however, however many long. seconds it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. So don't leave us completely, but just for the if next you want to hear about the others. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. So the title is Return of the Mandalorian, and Boba Fett is not in this episode in the slightest, except for Fuck sending you know, Fennec. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was in Mandalorian as well. So if you were just tuning in and watch this episode, it could well have been an episode of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And you and it very much was yeah. an episode of yeah. the Mandalorian. And I loved yeah. it. I thought it's definitely my favorite episode of the season, which I find ironic because the title character is not in it. <laughs> yeah. So um, we discussed yeah, some I, I loved it too. I was, I was, <coughs> excuse in, me. Based on what happened previous week when we said we're going to need some muscle, as soon as we saw that silhouette behind the plastic sheeting of the butcher shop, um, it was either Boba Fett or it was either the Mandalorian. And well, they teased the, the theme at the, the last one too. Yeah, exactly. So we knew the Mandalorian was going to be in at some point, but we didn't know it was going to be right at the beginning. And we certainly didn't know that it was going to be for the whole the whole episode. Yeah, but that I thought he was going to have just the opening. I had to fucking pause it after the after he walked out of the butcher shop and said, go and help yourself to the cash. I had to pause it to go and get on the phone to tell everybody that, 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 we, that we, we're connected with just how fucking awesome it was. I was so excited about that first five minutes. It sounds so weird. I had to stop the show <laughs> to tell everybody how fucking excited I was. I even said, I don't care what happens in the next five minutes that. or however long the episode was. That first five minutes has got me giddy as a school kid. It could have been the worst episode ever after that. I still would have finished it going, that was awesome. Purely because of that opening five minutes of, of Mando wielding the Darksaber. It was fucking brilliant. And cutting Absolutely himself brilliant. with it because cutting he's not an expert it, Cutting yet. people in half with it. Cutting yeah, he slices heads off with it. Come yeah. on. He yeah, gets, this is that. yeah, and you compare him to Boba Fett and he's like, he's a much better fighter. <laughs> I mean, I no, he's much say, younger. Yeah, so here we go. But here's the frustrating thing. I know we're going to bounce around, but obviously I, I get excited about this. We've seen Boba Fett kicking serious ass in an episode of Mandalorian, this was the, oh, right, that's why Boba Fett's got this fucking aura about him, a fan-made aura or whatever, based on some books and stuff. And so I was okay with that. But when he kicked ass as Boba Fett in that one of the final episodes of mm-hmm. Mandalorian, that was really good. And yet in his own show, he gets his ass handed to him a little bit. Now Mandalorian bit kicks more stuff, ass in his no own show. No one's immortal. Yeah, no one's a fucking ninja. Yeah, no one's that good. But it's just very frustrating. And then having Mandalorian, the Mando come in and fight like he does with the Darksaber, without the Darksaber, you just think, there's a Mandalorian. There's the one that yeah. I know and I've watched the cartoons. There's They're fucking immense fighters. They are, you know, trained from birth, basically, to be fighters. And unfortunately, Boba Fett is not, is not weak, but it just, it's like, oh, okay, come on in, Boba Fett. Get your head out of your ass and fucking start kicking some ass, you know, that 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 was the only frustrating bit is that there you go that's the action we want to see from yeah. Mandalorian not the Mandalorian a Mandalorian and um, that's kind of yeah, the buzz I saw on Twitter it. afterwards is that like this is what we all wanted <laughs> ironically <laughs> we didn't want Boba Fett we wanted didn't but it, had we whatever. had Boba Fett and it's not to say he hasn't kicked some ass I mean there was the great the great bit when um, when he was out of his uniform when he was with the the Tuscan Raiders and he was. Uh, able to oh, yeah. kick ass when he first went and got uh, got uh, got the bikes. Remember when he went and stole the bikes yeah. off the biker gang? He showed signs of the fact that he, 
he can kick ass. It's not that he's a complete neophyte when it comes to fighting. It's just that now we've seen Mando do it. You think, okay, that's how you do it. Um, but yeah, but sticking to this episode, it pretty much was an episode of The Mandalorian stuck in the middle of Boba Fett's book. <laughs> that's a chapter about The Mandalorian <laughs> right. in this book. Like we were yeah. discussing last week with Jammer, I think after the show, about do you switch characters in different chapters of a book or do you like to stick to one narrative? Yes, um, that's right. Yes, we did. Yes. That might have been after um, the show. But uh, what, else one of the things... like, what else did you like about this episode? What, what else? Um, did I mean, we know we like the opening scene, but I love the way it was directed. I love the way that Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, my God. Kept everything kept everything in camera, kept it moving slow. The scenes weren't chopped and steady. It wasn't bouncing around. And then those one shots of him uh, going to a new world and getting on board the, the, the getting on board the, the like transport so getting off, ship. getting off the transport. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Onto the disc world, the ring world story, walking into the elevator and the way the camera was tracking and following and then followed him down. I mean, 10 minutes of the show was Mandalorian walking around and yet it was fucking brilliant watching it was brilliant i was captivated by it yeah, yeah. everything that she did with this direction of this episode was was fantastic I people really are like give her a trilogy and i'm like stop doing trilogies just give her a movie oh, yeah. and see if it needs sequels or not don't don't yeah plan a trilogy be like a here's trilogy, a that, but um we've, like don't announce it as a trilogy which should be planned it. out but like give her a solo movie not solo but like and then just see if it's popular and you can always do a sequel to it if you want rather than saying it's going to be three movies just do one story and you can just do sequels in star wars if you'd like that's kind of yeah. what book of boba fett is yep it's like so it's it's kind of, spun it's, off it's from the mandalorian wish, yeah it's what i wish the sequels to uh the skywalker trilogy were i think i wish they had just been a it would have been the force awakens that would have been an episode and then another film, Last Jedi, could have been another episode. Didn't have to be three. It could have been one of seven. And then that yeah. would have been so much better. It could have been. A, but the fact that they tagged it as episode fucking seven, uh, it hamstrung them immediately. Mm -hmm. Just calling it episode seven. If it had been episode one of the Ray saga, for want of a better word. Brilliant. Because that saga could have ran for 20 films. And then we didn't have to rush. Killing Snoke wouldn't have been a problem. The Emperor coming back wouldn't have been a problem. And so... I agree. Let's not go trilogy. Let's just give us a few more episodes. Let's see what she wants to do. Let's, uh, yeah, she's done. Whatever. I think she's done some of my favorite episodes in every season of Mando yeah. and this. Um, for some reason, I knew it was her when there was a scene that looked very much like a Jurassic Park reference where the lady who works on his ship is getting like dragged like the guy in the beginning of Jurassic oh, right. Park. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. Oh, I was like, wait, her father didn't direct Jurassic Park, but she is in Jurassic World. So that was a very <laughs> much remind me of the first scene of the original Jurassic Park where he's like, shoot her. <laughs> he's, she's just like, the guy's just holding on because that was she was doing that. She's like, help me, druids. And she got like yanked around the corner. Um, yeah. so as I alluded to earlier, one of the things I really liked is it's filling in the history. I know a little about like mm -hmm. showing us the destruction of Mandalore, which I've heard about, right. but seeing it in live action was really cool. Um, again, yep. I like, I like that they're bringing everything together, even yep. the stuff I didn't like before to make the world feel the unit galaxy, different eras feel more connected, not necessarily the characters like, yeah, we had yep. some K2SOs. Yeah, yeah, we're doing fighting. Um, late, like you said, the they were, they were they were cleaning up really. They weren't really fighting yeah. much. They were just uh, putting people out of their misery. Kyle didn't like it because it was too much like the Terminator, and the Terminator oh, is Earth based. 
<laughs> but uh, but I loved it. I love that. There's I love humans the- in it. The show is full of humans. As far as we know, humans are only from planet Earth. What the fuck? So are we gonna get? Are we gonna get pissed off about everything that's a human now? Humans, they're from Earth. Therefore, everything is about Earth. Yeah, that, that's a that's a weak argument. It did I immediately. I thought Terminator, but I like you thought. But it looked great. It reminds us of the night, uh, the, the the night of rain. I can't remember what that sequence was called. But yeah, I thought it looked beautiful, and it was it, not. It looked beautiful, not because the planet was being destroyed, but the way it was actually shot and done was and the colors. It was one of those moments where you kind of felt sad, right? You thought, "Fuck, that's pretty bad." They they pretty much nuked this planet. Because it's the only way to be sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. And um, it relates to the history of the or the uh, prophecy of the dark saber, yep. which is like, yeah, if someone earns it and fight, then they are prophesized to be some sort of hero that will leave lead Mandalore, like new Mandalore, yeah, Boca Katan or whatever. She was yeah, given it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so it's it's not like it has some sort of magical, even though I think it is sentient as a blade. But I, 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 it's more of a symbol, and it's a symbol yeah. that Mandalorians follow. It's not like um, like Luke is the chosen one, that kind of no, thing. It's more no. like a on planet prophecy that if because the dark saber is good the luck only or bad luck, lightsaber that's made by the uh, the only ever Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Is, when she just, said that. Yeah, and that that that's cool, but it just means who wields it is it's a symbol. There are someone that is worthy. Winning in a fight is is part of the thing that all the Mandalorians follow. That's why Bo-Katan didn't take it when she was first offered it in in a previous episode of the cartoons. Um, but from what I recall, Mando did win it off of Moff Gideon. Yeah, he did. He won off. Now, Mo- and then I, he I, tried I, to give it to her at the end of Mando, yep. and she was like, "No." Now you know why she doesn't, right? Yeah. Now you understand why she doesn't want to take it. She's had it. It didn't work out very well, and the end of the she planet. Loath to take it again. Um, but I did hear and did see, and and, and I know someone like Cam would would, would uh, fill me in on the blanks on this. But even though. Moff Gideon didn't necessarily win it in a fight himself. That doesn't mean that it then doesn't go to Mandalorian because he did win it in a fight, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just because the person you won it off didn't get it in a fight doesn't mean that you can't get it off of him in a fight. That chain is not broken. It simply says you need to win it in a fight. Yeah. So if you win it in a fight from someone that stole it, that doesn't matter. You won it in a fight with that person. So yeah. that's how I read it, which is why I do believe that Mando can wield it should he choose to. And you saw a reason why he struggles when he was going through the training with the, the armorer, right? Don't he fight the blade, it. fight your opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... But I do think he can wield it. I think it is his. I believe he won it fair and yeah, square. Yeah. So that he, he did. can wield it. Yeah. Because he he's honest with her every time. She asked him that. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I did. I mean... Yeah. And she even tells her it was Moff Gideon. He's not even just like... Yeah, and he told her... He told her the truth about him uh, taking. Yeah, because that was the right? same. He's going to lie about that. He wouldn't lie about that. So absolutely. Everything That's why I'm saying you like she. Tr- yeah, he says he took off the helmet, and he's no longer considered part of that clan of Mandalorians. Like, yeah, he's that out. Was interesting that she asked him. Then I was wondering. Here's in my head canon. Here's how I think that scene fits. It's because he won the the challenge. Right, he beat the challenge. The other guy. He beat the guy who's like, my ancestor made that. 
Yeah, so he won that challenge. So in my head, Canon, the armorer is asking a certain set of questions because he had won that challenge. And she would have asked those questions of anyone at any point. If he had said yes, yes, or sorry, no, 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 I think that part of their ritual would have been for her to do something, print on his armor or give him a badge or fuck, I don't know, give him a pat on the back. I don't know. Because it seemed really odd to ask that question then when he's clearly mm-hmm. been there for a few fucking hours already, right? Or days even, but we don't know, but hours. Um, so to suddenly say, oh, by the way, have you taken your helmet off? Yes. Oh, well, fuck off. Yeah. Well, couldn't you have asked me that first before you made me sit here and go for all that kind of shit? But in my head, Canon, it's because they had that fight that she was asking those questions. I if they hadn't the... had that challenge, she would have yeah. asked them. I think it's interesting the comment about Vesper Vespar is meant for uh isn't that what it's called? No, I'm Vespar, the armor. Yeah, the Vespar. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. starting with the V. I was probably thinking of Bond and Vesper. But uh um <laughs> that's not <laughs> meant to be a weapon, only armor. So he turns it into something for Grogu, which you know, and obviously you could tell he's an unhappy motherfucker without Grogu. Like Grogu yeah. gave him purpose. Now he's just like wonder, you know. He's back to being the cold bounty hunter who seems kind of miserable. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go and take Grogu back away from from Luke, which is why Luke's, which is why Grogu's not on um, on the planet when uh, Kylo Ren goes ballistic and kills everybody. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. They set up either the next episode or the next season, which I, I, I think mean, it's going to be the season. Uh, this is the Mandalorian season. It's not I think you're right, but sure. then we'd be going back in time, which is kind of weird. But I don't know. Maybe yeah, the Mandalorian there, there eats it and Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, we don't know. I mean, maybe something happens in the next episode, which means he can't go on that journey straight away, and he has to stay on Tatooine before he mm. goes, so to speak. Maybe something happens stain. in the next episode. Yeah. Like something assassination attempt. Another, we've already had like a million assassination attempts. Yeah. Like... Fennec says, "No, you can't. Uh, we'll help you with your journey, but you really must help us now." So Mando says, "Oh fuck, okay, it can wait another day or two days or a month or whatever it is." Maybe as far as like tying other stuff in, I love that his new ship is uh, one of the original guard. You know, the Queen's the guard, guard the, ships. The from... Starfighters. Yeah, yeah. yeah They're I like bringing in stuff way. without it being annoying to me. Yeah. No, I loved. I loved it. We've we've had this discussion. This is one of the reasons why you were tapping out sometimes. I love the throwback stuff. I love the nostalgia bits and pieces. It makes me smile. I'm I'm super giddy about it. Um, so when that Naboo Starfighter came out, I, I knew exactly where that was. I know exactly what that is. That's this one, that and the other. And then they did the the mods to it and stuff. Um, I thought it was from that point of view. I thought it was great. Some people <laughs> might say it was fan service. I don't care. I'm a fan. Service me. That's what well, and that's why. <laughs> god that's why i uh that's why i like the way they're doing it now it's just like yeah this robot exists still in this time period and yeah here's a k2so from rogue one like yeah it's all here's the alien species you saw for the first time in like rise of skywalker or something yeah um just kind of yeah it's just it's the i don't you know i always complain about it's always the same fucking characters all the time yeah or always jedi but it's like it's cool when they acknowledge like hey here's the, even the pit droids are from episode one yep um the ones that we've seen since mando and yep, she fucked to jawa yeah yeah he fucked oh, the, the jawa she was speaking jawa and was just saying i dated a jawa very furry very furry oh, yeah very furry we know what they're like underneath for the first time which you think is somebody that pisses off star wars fans they're like i had a vision in my head but uh um <laughs> I just love that. And I know people complain 
a lot about the scene where Han Solo is speaking Wookiee in Solo. Yeah. So they probably have the same complaint about this, but I find it hilarious, especially when she's and speaking Jawa. Perfectly. Let's be honest. If you're living on Tatooine, where Jawas clearly also exist, whether they live there or they came there, I don't know. You would you would learn another language. I don't know why that's a, a challenge. Now you could argue that we don't have the same vocal cords to be able to create the same sounds. But from a from a real point of view, for example, I moved to the Middle East. Learning some Arabic is fucking essential to my existence. Yeah. So living on a planet like Tatooine, if Jawas are native, Star Wars fans out there, tell me if they're native to the planet Tatooine or not. Um, learning the language of a native species that's going to help you in your job, fixing shit, spaceships, whatever, electrical, mechanical stuff, it makes sense you'd learn their language. It, it totally makes sense, w- whatever you're dealing with. Why Han Solo knows Wookiee, we don't know that, because as far as we know, he's never met, he's been a slave on that planet, working as a like a little fucking Oliver Twist thief for that person on on that planet, wherever he's on, so how much of Solo I remember. But I don't know when he's had interactions with Wookiees or why he needed to have interaction with Wookiees. That was never explained. I think Knowing another language though. is not a problem for me, but that Tatooine one makes t- total mm-hmm. sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense why Han Solo knows Wookiee unless something happened to him before the, sh- the movie that we saw that had him dealing with lots of Wookiees. That was never explained. Solo, the 10-year-old kid. They almost cast like exactly. a 10-year-old kid as Solo in the prequel trilogy. Maybe that's one was. of the things Maybe they decided was... against. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there were some Wookiees that were also captured and used as little street urchins. And he, and one of them was his best mate until he got killed in a freak yachting accident. We don't know. I'm okay with humans learning other languages in the Star Wars universe. It, that's... Fucking hell, that's an easy thing to gloss yeah. over. Are you ready to close this book and move on to Peacemaker? I'm not prepared to close this book because we've got another two chapters, but I'm certainly happy uh, for to turn this the page week. For I wish it like opened up like those. I wish it opened up like those old Disney movies where like Snow White, where like a book literally yeah. opens. And Once then the upon movie... a time in a sandy planet, long, long way away. <laughs> There was a Mandalorian and he had a friend. Well, here's a funny meme I saw before. My, this is my final piece about it. Someone posted the logo for the Mandalorian, but took off the DeLorean part. So it just said the man because he's no longer a Mandalorian. <laughs> well, he is, but he's not part of their sect. Like he, like Bo Katan, she takes off her, she's part of the group that takes off her mask all the time. So I actually yeah. would like yeah. to, to lead into seeing him without the helmet more. Because Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor and he yeah, doesn't need to be behind the mask. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's um, like, I am yeah, shooting Wonder Woman no 3. Reason, no. <laughs> story-wise, there's no reason why he can't take his helmet off now, right? Unless he just really still sticks with it. But yeah, now that he's probably going to be better allies with Boca Catan, he doesn't need... Yep. It would be nice to see his face. So, you know, both that takes off all the time, but because it's more of like when you're in battle, you put it on because it has heads-up displays and it's armor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, protects your head and you can use it like the Predator for anyway. But yeah, what's the, are we going to the movie or the other show? Let's do Peacemaker and then we'll talk Scream 5. <laughs> Scream. How did you think of Peacemaker this week? Um, the only reason I'm hesitating to answer that is because I've enjoyed every episode pretty much yeah. the same. There's not, for me, there's not been one episode which has stood out from the others, right? We're on episode five now, and I've just enjoyed them all. They've all seemed to be very much, not. I'm not saying each episode is the same, 
but there's the the there's not one standout episode. I am enjoying how the team is coming together. There was a really nice moment about nice how moment. they actually finally all bonded together um, with the spoilers now, people, if you tuned in. Yeah, yeah. The, again, uh, we're spoiling. Um, but, so I'm enjoying that. So, you know, to cliche it a little bit, the character development is quite nice. It's nice to see them all moving forwards a little bit. Rocking together um, on the way we're back. All Fairly, yeah, no one will be surprised that we finally know how the story of the gorilla escaping from the zoo, how that pans out. That was um, my theory of how it would pan out is they put a butterfly in him and then he'd be smart and he'd be like, then they even like Charlie or something where they're like. I can't remember. Yeah, they did give him a name. They referenced yeah, him and then he game. popped out. We've got a Charlie. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And, and we also learned that when you've got a butterfly in your head, you become what, five times stronger, 10 yeah. times stronger. So imagine a gorilla that's already 10 yeah. times stronger than the human is now 10 to fuck that. that that's pretty powerful. Um, so the, I love the episode. I'm enjoying it fantastically. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite, whatever. They're all very much the same. I, I, I'm loving it. And a slight side note why I enjoy it, the music. Uh, I'm an old hair metal fan myself. So to, so to hear bands like Tiger Tails uh, and choir boys and things like that every week with a new song and a new song that I remember and recognize that's been fucking awesome too so yeah overall great show yeah I think some of the highlights for me and well what's her face is still up to no good planting the diary like whenever you think she's being a great person there's always some catch um, yeah but it was his diary though right it did look like it was cute I, like I don't remember the importance of the diary from earlier well, no, but it says um, the uh, peace, Peacemaker's Diary or Chris's Diary. So it's his diary that's being put back in the... When, when I first saw that bit when she said, have you put the diary in his house, I thought they were planting evidence. I still think that might be... But it seems the... to be his diary. Well, could so have maybe faked. it's planted for him to find it and learn something from it. Maybe it's not as nefarious as we, we are first thinking. I'm thinking it's something to help him remember something or, or I think she's using him. Yeah. That, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I think her, her mom is definitely is Amanda Waller. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely manipulating him somehow. I don't think she's setting him up. I think she's using him. And then the Obviously. x-ray vision helmet was fantastic. Especially the first Wasn't moment it? where he blows off someone's head just as she's talking to them. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck? He's like, I can <laughs> yeah. see it. Like there was something in her head. And then, of course, at the end, she uses it to see that Merc is a butterfly and yeah. uh, he attacks her. That's how the episode ends. But, yeah, I love the camaraderie. I love the line of, like, you could have picked a thousand different people to frame. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> I've got this feeling that, 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 that John Cena went off for ages and they did lots of them. And that was just one particular scene that James Gunn decided to keep in because there was a little end credit scene. Yeah, where that more alternate stuff. It's brilliant. And, and again, it just goes back to what we touched on earlier, just what a great job John Cena is doing with this character because his comic timing is brilliant. And it, when, he was a, when he was a wrestler, I don't know, maybe he still is, but when he was John Cena, the wrestler, his charisma as that character, I know he wasn't loved by everybody, but much like The Rock, his ability to string sentences together and be coherent, but also to be quite funny, uh, was brilliant as, as, as the wrestler. And that's clearly... You know, he's clearly becoming a very, very good actor in that sense because his ability to do that off the cuff like that, remember all that stuff and deliver it with such comic timing, it, it, it's great. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm liking the show so much because uh, John Cena is doing such a great job with the character. 
And even though he works with people like Chris Pratt and stuff, uh, um, James Gunn says there's almost no improv or improvisation in his shows and movies. But he's like, I think in this one, I let there would be about 3% of it's not my script. It's improv. And that's the most I've ever had in one of my projects. That definitely felt like a scene where he didn't remember all those names that were in James Gunn's script. He's just going off. There are a few he had to hit, like Amy Winehouse. She's dead, you asshole. Yeah. And I love the yeah. him and uh, Economy or whatever. His last name is close to that. But Beard, Die Beard um, was, uh, they are friends by the end because he's the one who gets the chainsaw the gorilla. And he's like, that was well, badass, man. And they're like the same band. Yeah, well, bad, well, they become friends because he links with him because he's got a tattoo of his favorite band, which is then the he saves Sweden them. hair metal band. Yeah. Then, um, so, yeah. And then the way home, yeah, it's great. Just takes a picture of them. They're now all, all part of the seven. I mean, the same like chat group. Yeah. Tell me, bad's gonna happen to one of them? Yeah, for sure. No. And it could well yeah. be. Uh, it could well be. Uh, how many episodes is this show? Eight. Okay, so we've only got three left. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it is about time the stakes got a bit higher. Now would be the time that either a big bad was revealed or someone was taken out. So yeah, we did see a shit ton of butterflies this episode. So. Yeah, but we also saw how many butterflies are spread across the across the globe in the yeah. previous episode. Yeah, so I mean, but yeah. the stakes were already higher. This one, they had to fight a bunch of them. Like we saw one in the first episode, we knew had super strength. But uh, and I also like that that he they're pulling the strings still to keep uh, what's the, the dad in prison, even though he's yeah, that was obviously pretty innocent. That, that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think event, we saw the suit. I bet he's in the end. The butterflies aren't going to be as important as him getting back in his what looks like an Iron Man suit. There's got to be Robert Pat. Is it Robert Patrick? Uh, yeah, Robert Patrick. It's it, there's got to be him in that suit, right? In that white dragon suit that's yeah. in the um, in the multi quantum. Yeah, the we, the room that's got, yeah. like we're. <laughs> um, yeah. What visualizing is like this shouldn't exist. Thing. Well, that's a story that's just hinted at as and when they hope a season two will be made. Maybe that's, that's true. Uh, maybe that's season two. Um, but overall, that was a, it was a great episode. Super fun. Uh, I'm loving the character stuff, as I've already said. Uh, the action is great. The humor is great. I'm loving the dropping of the F-bomb every five seconds. I've got no problem with that at all. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great show. And going right back to what one of the news pieces, whatever character from the Suicide Squad he's going to do next, I'm in. It's going to mm, be fun. Mm. James Gunn knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah. He should be handed the keys to the DC Universe. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I think that's a dangerous game to play. You can't give one person the keys to the universe. Well, like he could be like a Feige. He's not making all the movies. He's oh, just I like... see what you mean. So, like the puppet master, a little bit potentially. Yeah. But at the moment, he's got the freedom to jump in and out of Marvel. Yeah, as well, right. And, and they, but he has. But he's always said he has free reign to like. Yeah. Obviously, they're not gonna have him kill Batman or something. But we do know. You watched Harley Quinn, right? The animated show. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Kite Man's the no, main character. No. He killed so, Kite. It's reference. He killed Kite Man. HBO Max. Sorry, uh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. again. They referenced that he probably killed Kite Man. The article says he was apprehended, but we know that Peacemaker doesn't just <laughs> apprehend, apprehend people. <laughs> and he's one of the main characters in Carly Quinn. He's even engaged to Poison Ivy at one point. Like he's a main, oh, main no. character. But. And this is, you know, they keep referencing other characters, even Batmite. But to see an article about Kite Man, I was like, no, I even said, I even tweeted, James Gunn, you bastard, you killed Kite Man in the DCEU. <laughs> but uh, yeah, ready to move on to spoilers for Scream. 
This isn't funny, Amber. Would you like to play a game, Tara? so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? this never yeah let's touch on it it's not not the greatest film for me or sorry franchise i apologize if you're listening not the greatest franchise for me i think it's more your neck of the woods but yeah let's let's do it let's wrap it up with a screen chat i love the first two i i watched (laughs) i watch people watching movies more than i watch movies these days like you know like those reaction videos where it's like i'm watching this movie for the first time and they like just show some of their reactions, like the biggest scenes. I kind of feed off that, um, even right. though I used to make fun of people who watch like Twitch, who watch video game streamings rather than play video games. I do that yeah. with movies. <laughs> but um, so I, that's the only way I've seen Scream 3 and Scream 4 in the last 10 years was watching those videos before I saw this. Um, Scream 1 and 2 were fantastic. I was certainly surprised with this, uh, especially after Scream 4. Um, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I really liked it. I will consider it the third Scream movie and just erase the other two Um, because I really feel like it lived up to the first two. And, you know, all the conversations about requels, like comparing it to like The Force Awakens and Ghostbusters and stuff where it's like, yeah, you have your legacy characters and then your new young people. And I like that, like. Scream 3 is dumb because the killer is someone you've never seen before. He's the he's. Sydney's half brother because their mom was a whore um not a literal whore but like she gets called that that's why she was murdered even um scream four it's about her niece or something and she's actually the killer too and she tries to kill herself because she wants them she wants to be the new Sydney and have books and stuff made about her and this one's kind of similar but it does tie everyone back to the original two movies as in they're all related to someone who was in the original two movies most of the victims Yep. Like the pol- police off, the police chief was just a police officer under Dewey and Scream Two, and in this, she and her son bite it. Yeah, yeah. And it's then, so, so, yeah. So the the film, um, so it is a, a revisit of the Scream franchise, as you can obviously imagine, and it, it does follow um, from the very first scene. It does follow the first Scream movie. There's a young lady at home alone for whatever reasons, and the phone rings. Um, so straight from the very beginning, I feel it, it was it was following in the footsteps, but being very careful to also step in those same footsteps, but then step out of them occasionally too. So one of the and things, and the twists that, with not, the technology, I, yeah, like I being able to unlock the door, three or four. yeah, exactly, yeah, the apps to control your, your door locks and stuff like that. So 
I think they very much use modern day technology to change up some of the formula. Yeah, and and I thought that was great. It does bring it into the you know the year twenty twenty rather than whenever the first one came out. I'm not, I I know I've seen number three and number four. Uh, I don't remember anything. Yeah, about I didn't them. until I watched um, someone else so watching them. I literally, yeah, I literally went to see this film because there was nothing on the big screen and I wanted to go and watch it. I watched it in an empty cinema. I was the only person there. One other person. Um, and I enjoyed mind. it for what it was. I, I enjoyed it for another screen movie. It, it did exactly what it said on the tin. It had some twists to it. Um, well, I mean, that's even though we normally talk spoilers, let's not spoiler it. But we will. It, they do a very good job of being meta in the sense that everyone's mm-hmm. in the room at the same time, and you know that one of them is the killer. Um, they even allude to which one it could be, and they give you reasons why it could be any of them, yeah. one of them, and they go through the whole discussion. So that was really clever. I love the reference to a certain Mr. Johnson's films about knives and how he can ruin fandom He's by making stuff. one film, etc. Yeah. So I hope that Jammer does get to see it, this film, even if it is just for that one scene. He doesn't. Um, but then it follows. It follows the standard, right? People get stabbed. People get murders. There's some fake jump scenes. There's some. I, I think that's at what the they're end. the best at. Yeah, and the I, first I film and this one, like they had every cliched one you could have. There's like the shower, like yep. the, the 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 mirror, closing, like the all the, the, the fridge, the and, door, and, exactly. and nothing yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. until yeah. there is and something. Which is once there's nothing there, but twice there's nothing there. Three times there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah, but fact, you're still time, like, oh fuck, there's still nothing there because the jump is coming afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I thought it for what it was. I think it's a it's a great scream film. Whether you're a fan of scream films will dictate whether or not you'll you'll like it or not. If you're a fan of the Scream franchise, this one, like you, will be one of your favourites. If you're not that fussed by them, it'll be just another one, and you'll think it's the same as all the others. And I would totally understand that viewpoint as well. But this was a particularly good example of a Scream film. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, me too. The only reason I probably saw it at theatres, even though I was excited, is that you went, and I'm like, oh, I should go this week, and we can talk about it. And even Jonesy yeah. went, even though he couldn't be here with us today. Um, yeah. I will say, in the age for metas being overdone, I think it did a really good job with the meta, you know, conversations about requels. And God, my favorite part of it is it's also about our, the conversation about fandom. And yeah. one yeah, character's exactly. like, there's yeah. no such yeah. thing as a tox- toxic fandom. He's like, that's ridiculous. Fans just want yeah. what they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was. That whole scene, or there was a couple of scenes, but the one longer scene that touched on that, it could have been our chat at LRM on any side. Yeah, right. Day. It, it could have been exactly that. And I think that's why, that's what Screen does. Even in the original, remember, he talks about the the formulaic of horror movies. You know, that's it. So it made sense that you, they did it in this one, but they did it a lot better than that film that we do not talk about the one we reviewed recently where they went meta to the point where it was parody and that was fucking useless. But in this one, very clever script was very clever. Um, you could tell it knew itself tell it was self-referential, but you didn't feel like it was taking the piss and making diluting it, making it less of a film. Very clever. The script was very clever. And I also, well, well, my last thing I'll say about it since we seem to be wrapping up is um, I'm a huge fan of Jack Quaid, uh, who was the boyfriend. Right, the boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, friend. Uh, and I was very happy. He's in most of the movie. I won't say how far or how low he may, he gets through it. Um, but I just love him from, he voices Boimer on uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. And he is really, the, he's the star of the boys. Like, 
Billy Butcher is doing most of the work, but he's like the heart of the boys, the normal person being brought into that. Yeah, world. he's. I would say he's the star. I agree with you. He's the heart of uh, uh, the boys, but I don't think he's the star. I think it's either um, the Butcher or uh, the Superman guy. What, what so I think I can only remember seeing him in those three things, these including Scream, but ever since the boys... Just like, just like I love seeing Carl Urban long before the boys who we discussed earlier from Dune and Dread. Uh, I love seeing Jack Quaid pop up and stuff now. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I, I would, would I, would you recommend it? I, I would recommend it if you're a fan of the Scream franchise for sure. If you like the first two, don't I don't feel like this one's going to be a letdown like three or four. But still, yeah, you know, yeah. just some people are like, that's not my Scream. Or something. Exactly. Well, and some people just aren't interested. I'm not a horror fan, really, but this is a little bit different. So that's why I would have gone. Yeah, I'm not a horror fan at all either. I just like, I like the Scream for Halloween films, but they just piss me off because he keeps coming back alive. I mean, how the fuck does that work? I would never watch those movies because they're scary. Scream, I didn't have any jumps in a theater. Like, it was just fun to watch. I'm not really, it's more about, I enjoy it because it's self referential and meta and it knows what it's doing. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm done. We're done, dude. All right, everyone. That was the dynamic duo doing Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Danny, where art thou be foundeth? Uh, you'll find me as usual in Dubai. And this weekend, I'll either be watching bestsellers with Michael Caine or Nightmare Alley, the new film from Guillermo del Toro. Nice. And I'm at Geeky Nick Doll, and I also do uh, on Twitter. I also do Marvel Multiverse Madness with Kyle, which I'll be recording in an hour <laughs> or so. We're doing. We did Deadpool last week. This week we're doing Logan because we're doing the two best X Men movies before we do a full commentary, which will put a little gap in our show because Kyle has to edit it. We're doing a full commentary of the best Deadpool slash Wolverine movie, um, X Men Wolverine Origins. So. Uh, Wow, wow. <laughs> we're doing it because it's the worst one. <laughs> oh my god the best, bit in that film, added, the best bit in that film is when he gets on the bike and the bike crumples under his weight because it shows that he's made of adamantium i don't even remember that that's remember it anything. that's the best bit in the film is when they reference the fact that he must be a heavy motherfucker yeah. when he gets on the bike which you never think it. of normally other than that shit show yeah absolutely that's why we're doing it and uh other than that, you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. There's the genre. Follow us on Twitter or SoundCloud. There's the Genreverse Podcast Network. Um, there's also the po- we also have a YouTube channel where you can listen, watch the show, but it'll be a still picture or watch any of the shows Kyle does. There's video with it. Um, and we also need a lot of subscribers over there. And uh, there, are, there are a lot of other great shows. Kyle does an anime show, a Star Wars show, a daily show. Um, we do this. Um, yeah. So check all that out anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you would leave us a like or a good review, if it's, you know, on iTunes or Spotify, I know you can't do reviews on a lot of the other streaming services. Uh, please do. So with that, mission. Wait, no. Hasta lasagna. <laughs> Asta lasagna. Did you just say asta lasagna? It's asta oh, lasagna. Just, just end the show. It's over. Mission Don't get done. any on ya. <laughs> that's, that's why not, I said. I, what? And then mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, that bit. That's the, I couldn't remember the order. That was the challenge. Yeah, anyway, but, I now. almost forgot too. That's why I said mission. And I was like, no, asta lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> and you were supposed to say, Don't get any on ya. But it's done. Mission failed. <laughs>
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.